0: Listeners supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn.
1: Welcome to the Family Sanctuary on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm your host for today's program, Peggy Hartshorn, Chairman of the Board of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And today we've got a very important program. Uh, I think uh, wh- I should say we're, we're recording it in, um, in the fall of 2022. And we're hearing a lot these days about the fact that uh, restrictions on abortion um, will affect negatively women's health care. All right. That's being said in in lots of different uh, venues in the media, on social media and sometimes with even scare tactics Um, like, you know, women can die uh, of of conditions uh, if we limit abortions in our state or in our city or whatever. And actually, that uh, is is something that's not true. (laughs) And that's what we're going to be pursuing today with our guest, who is uh, a physician, a family practice physician with an obstetrics specialty, Dr. Lindsay Rarco. Welcome, Dr. Rarco. Thank you for having me on today. (laughs) You're very welcome. We love having you on. She is a staff physician with FEM, Fertility Education and Medical Management. uh, And she's a physician at Westerville Family Physicians. And um, she's been a board certified physician. For over 15 years, practicing here in Columbus, and uh, she's a member with her husband of St. Michael Parish. She and their uh, four children. She and her husband and their four children. So um, she has a lot of experience in this area with women's health care at a time when abortion was readily available in every state, Um, and. And particularly now with the abortion pill abortions, which even with abortion being restricted in some states, abortion pills are still accessible over the Internet, just about everywhere. So, um, but we're hearing that by restricting abortions, somehow we're dangering, endangering women's health care. All right, that women will be dying. Will Women won't be able to get the care that they need. Um, And uh, that's really not true. (laughs) That is not true. And we want Dr. Rariko to help explain that to us today. Uh, What is the fallacy in in what is being said about women's health care? And what is really good women's health care? And, and it is available today, of course, no matter what the restrictions are on abortion. So let's get to the truth of this. Uh, Dr. Rirko, would you start us out maybe with just defining what uh, we mean or should mean by healthcare?
0: <laughs> Great. So I think that's the first clarification. Yeah. What should we mean by healthcare versus what are we hearing in the media? What does our country think healthcare is? should be so i think what we hear healthcare should be it should be access to all these reproductive rights including abortion and birth control and um, whatever the woman needs is what is provided to her
1: or whatever she wants sometimes. whatever she wants
0: and <laughs> yeah. truly when we as physicians finish medical school become doctors and take our hippocratic oath and the hippocratic oath in its natural form it specifically states you will not perform abortions or participate in euthanasia. Our, we are caregivers. We are trying to cure people. We are not there to kill people. So uh, right away, abortion violates our, our Hippocratic oath and our desire to serve and heal. Um, so I would say health care should be. Preventative health care to keep people from becoming ill. And should they become ill, bring them back to health. And uh, a healthy pregnancy is a normal part of a woman's life cycle, right? So, this is a normal part of her health that she ovulates, that she can conceive, that she can carry a pregnancy to term. And to Treat that by stopping that, by terminating that pregnancy is not good health care.
1: So we've been used to really for so many, for decades, I would say, we've been used to the term women's reproductive health care. And that has become synonymous in some people's thinking with contraception and abortion. Mm -hmm. Women's reproductive health care was just synonymous with contraceptive contraception and abortion because one of the uh most well-known providers planned parenthood uh, that was really their their branding let's say their branding uh, women's reproductive health care was uh, uh, rooted in, in in contraception and abortion so we now i believe have an opportunity to define women's health care. In the original way, it was intended, as you just said, Dr. Rarico, um, that do no harm to the woman and, and, and to the person. Uh, you mentioned the Hippocratic Oath. Um, has the Hippocratic Oath been changed? Are those statements still in the Hippocratic Oath that doctors take today?
0: They have changed, so the, the Hippocratic Oath, given, I would say, the majority of medical schools no longer includes that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm.
1: tell me the phrases that have been traditionally up to this, up to recent years, in mm-hmm. the Hippocratic Oath.
0: So we always have said, you know, do, first do no harm, and that um, I will not participate in abortions or euthanasia.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so again, to keep up with a political agenda. Apparently, Even medical schools have have taken out those key parts of the traditional Hippocratic Oath. I think possibly some listeners don't even realize how how far how far ranging changes have occurred in the definition of women's health care uh, in the last 50 years when abortion on demand really had been the law of our country. Right now that states have uh, are allowed now to uh, have a role in in uh, determining laws regarding abortion in their own states. um, There's a lot of misunderstanding now about health care and what is good health care. So we have to kind of get back to the basics of helping people understand how contraception and abortion are not women's health care. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the dangers to women's health of um, of contraception and abortion, and maybe particularly now the most common type of abortion, which is the pill abortion. Mm-hmm. Why are these not good women's health care?
0: So contraception um, is, again, coming in in, I would say, two-thirds of situations just to prevent pregnancy. So you're putting a chemical into a healthy woman's body stopping a healthy physiologic function of ovulation, uh, but with all sorts of ramifications, depression, um, increased risk of heart attack, high blood sugar, stroke, blood clots. So um, you're creating a whole host of health problems. This is not good for women's health. And now that um, um, at Femme, for example, we are trying to educate women that you don't have to take this chemical into your body to prevent pregnancy. You can learn about your fertility. You can prevent pregnancy in a natural way with the fertility awareness-based method. Um, And then moving on uh, to abortion. So um, putting a woman at risk mentally, physically, there are risks for future infertility after um, a surgical abortion. And then now the more popular uh, pill forms of abortion greatly increase a woman's risk of hemorrhaging to life-threatening levels of hemorrhage. Um, they've increased the uh, trips to the emergency room after abortion by 500%. And women are really just left alone to do this at home without the supervision of their caring doctor. And, and even the The health facilities, if you call them that, that are providing these pills are not assuming responsibility for their complications. That is so unlike our profession. When a surgeon takes care of a patient, performs a surgery, if there's a complication, that surgeon sees her patient all the way through. um, And that should be the case for all uh, medical providers including those who provide these pills
1: hmm so and that's a subject actually of, of a couple of other programs in our archives the dangers of uh, the abortion pill um, also another thing you mentioned dr. Rerko, Fem FEMM fertility uh, education and medical management program is also the subject of additional programs in our archives so our listeners can find out more about the dangers specifically of the abortion pill, and also of of the beauty of fem, a totally alternate way of taking care of uh, our fertility. So, uh, so we we're at a stage in our understanding, I believe, of women's healthcare in this country. I think we're at a crossroads now, because uh, now that abortions can be restricted and will be restricted in certain states. Uh, w- Women are going to be more open, I think, to alternatives. And uh, we do have those alternatives. We have healthy alternatives for understanding our fertility, taking care of medical issues and problems. And I think women have to truly come to the understanding the truth about these charges that are being brought today, these statements that you'll be hearing that women can't get good care in their pregnancies because abortion may be unavailable. In other words, uh, even specific charges like women may die of ectopic pregnancies because abortion is not available, or uh, women uh, may die of other issues during their pregnancy because abortion is not available. Um, These seem to me to be scare tactics. Uh, Is there any truth? Let's get to the bottom of of those kinds of accusations. What about problems that women will have in their pregnancies? Particularly, let's start with ectopic pregnancy. Mm -hmm. How will restricting abortion affect treatment of ectopic pregnancy?
0: So ectopic pregnancy is a life-threatening condition um, to the mother and a very serious medical emergency. And in no way should um, our restrictions on abortion roll over into this uh, area. So we are restricting um, at the federal and state level elective abortions. This is not an elective abortion. If a woman is having an ectopic pregnancy that is threatening her life and this is not a viable pregnancy, this is something that can be medically treated. This is something that is ending early or delivering early this pregnancy to save the mother's life. So I don't feel that women i mean that they are fearful of this because this is what they're hearing in the news but they should not be fearful of what would happen to them should their pregnancy become an or should their pregnancy be an ectopic pregnancy mm-hmm. they will receive that care
1: and an need. ectopic pregnancy means that the embryo is forming in one of the fallopian tubes
0: or anywhere outside of the uterus so not okay. in the proper place so it just in the abdominal cavity, it could be anywhere else, but commonly, like you said, in the fallopian tube, it's very okay. dangerous. The
1: embryo is starting to form. And particularly if it's in the tube, uh, and and it, if, if the woman doesn't know she has an ectopic pregnancy and that tube would eventually burst because of the growth of the, of the embryo, if she didn't get any treatment, she would bleed to death. Yes. Right. So it's very common uh, in medical care that uh, when it's determined a woman has an ectopic pregnancy tell us what happens what is a normal treatment for that ectopic pregnancy it, once it's determined that, mm-hmm. that that there is an ectopic pregnancy a pregnancy where the embryo is not growing in the womb
0: so a medication um, like methotrexate that we use um, in miscarriages that haven't passed all the way this is also used in chemical abortions um, and it's used for rheumatoid arthritis. It's used for a number of things, but mm-hmm. we use this t- um, to end the pregnancy and the tubes so that it stops growing. Okay. Now surgical uh, um, surgeries to remove that portion of the fallopian tube are also sometimes indicated, especially if there's imminent concern of rupture
1: taking a section of the fallopian tube Mm -hmm. right so this is an operation really intended to save a mother's life absolutely right and uh i don't believe it's ever been called an abortion has it been called an abortion no no so it's never been named an abortion it's not considered an abortion it's an operation that's performed to save a woman's life and and so in my perspective, it seems to be simply a scare tactic to make people think that by restricting abortion, women's lives are going to be lost. All right, not true. Correct. <laughs> so, so what are some other instances where normal treatment, normal obstetrics treatment of a woman, um, occurs in a pregnancy, a difficult? issue in a pregnancy uh sometimes a child has to be delivered early is that Mm -hmm. correct yes give me an example of where that would occur and it would not be considered an abortion
0: so for example if a woman's water breaks early we do everything in our power to um, help her continue the pregnancy prevent labor where as long as we're able prevent infection is probably the more important piece of this but when infection occurs which it's bound to with a ruptured um, amniotic sac um that can become very very quickly a life threatening issue for the mother and we're hoping we're close enough to viability at 22 plus weeks now where we could resuscitate and and keep that baby in the nicu but if we're not then the only option is to deliver that baby early to save okay. the mother's life
1: yeah so a, an early delivery of a child and if possible saving the life of of the child as well would be considered good medicine. Yes. That's not an abortion. Correct. No, never was called an abortion, wasn't considered an abortion, and would still be perfectly legal and would be good maternal health care, all right, regardless of whether abortion is legal or not legal, correct? Correct. Yes. So these are the kinds of situations that people are using as scare tactics, but, um, but of course would, would always be perfectly legal. Regardless of the situation on the legality of abortion, so um, so, Dr. Rerko, um, how do you how do you look at these uh, situations of early delivery? Have you ever had a situation like that yourself?
0: I've been involved in cases, mm-hmm. yes, where these have mm-hmm. happened.
1: Yeah, and and sometimes I mean I I think we've got some beautiful stories of of women who have. Um, Had an early delivery of a child. And sometimes it's sometimes the child has an abnormality that uh, is necessitating that results in early delivery. The child is not going to survive or not going to survive very long. And there are some beautiful uh, opportunities now today to um, help the family to grieve with that child after it's been born, perhaps very prematurely. Or perhaps with very serious uh, um, uh, health issues that are going to mean that it's not going to live very long. Um, something called perinatal hospice is a beautiful yes. program. Have you ever been involved in something like that?
0: Not directly, but I would love to see more of those programs. And I've um, heard lectures from various program directors in this, yeah. in this area. And it's, I think, a great opportunity at this point to say, this should be at every hospital. This should be an opportunity to really celebrate life and support the family through this difficult time.
1: Sure. When a woman has an adverse diagnosis and uh, is told your child has uh, an abnormality that will result possibly in early delivery, uh, possibly you'll be able to carry the baby full term, but the baby will not live very long after that. Uh, Such beautiful programs that are now available to help families through that. And the stories that we hear about uh, how, how um, how beneficial that is to the family to actually be able to hold the baby, to uh, bond with the baby, to name the baby, to have pictures, uh, the little footprint, uh, have, have siblings come in and meet the child. It can be a beautiful experience as compared to having an abortion. In other words, when you find out that adverse diagnosis to uh, be subject to perhaps a midterm or late term abortion uh, and not even be able to have that relationship with that child, brief though it might be. Uh, I think we see we see that, that uh, having a pro-life approach, a life-affirming approach to that kind of a situation is so much better, uh, not just because we're not directly killing the child, but because we're helping the family to deal with that sorrow and go through the grieving and come out with with some beautiful and strengthening experiences for their whole family. So it, it's an example to me of following God's plan. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> How much more beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. Well our guest today is Dr. Lindsay Rerco, who is a board certified family uh, medicine. A practitioner and uh, with a specialty in obstetrics she's the staff physician with them and also with the Westerville family physicians and a member of St. Michael Parish with her husband and her four children and we're talking about women's health care without abortion um, with in certain states uh, abortions will be very limited in the future and and this is happening now um, and yet We don't have to take that as a situation where women's true health care will be threatened. Mm -hmm. That's what we're trying to to focus on today, that uh, we can have good women's health care. In fact, we'll have better (laughs) women's health care. And we don't need to have abortion in order to do that. Um, So. Let's talk, Dr. Rerko, a little bit about the pill abortions, um, because this is a, a very serious situation, even in states where abortions will be limited. People will be getting the abortion pill now uh, over the over over the Internet in the mail. They'll be having these these abortions at home. How does that pill work? And um and why are women even having these abortions at home when they're when they're taking the pill? What's the protocol even for that?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, abortion pill um, is RU four eighty six or mifepristone, and this um, is meant to be taken as a progesterone blocker. So this is how it ends the pregnancy. It's taken by the woman um, early in pregnancy, usually by ten weeks, and um, disrupts that um, progesterone. So the the placenta separates away from the wall. Um, In most cases that can lead to the full abortion, but in some cases they have to take a second pill to help their uterus contract um, and essentially go into labor to then pass all of um, the, the, the parts of the baby and the placenta. And so um, this was a way for um, a woman early in pregnancy to not have to go through surgery, um, to have more access, to not need a surgeon to, admit, to administer the procedure, um, probably a lower cost to the woman. But um, regulations have really changed in recent years. Previously, the woman had to be evaluated, have a physical evaluation, establish care with that physician and get the pill and take the pill because it's a restricted drug in the presence of the the doctor's office so that was taken away and now this can just be taken at home by the woman and so she's not been physically evaluated she's not had an ultrasound necessarily to so we don't know if she has
1: an ectopic pregnancy perhaps which could be life-threatening
0: correct and she's taking this at home thinking i'm just going to have this heavy period she's heavily reassured that things will be fine just take these pills Make sure you finish the pills as directed and then she's sent on her way or these are instructions she gets over telehealth more commonly now. And so women have horrendous bleeding and pain and they're scared um, and they don't know what to do. And we've seen an, um, a 500% increase in emergency room visits for women undergoing abortion because they are hemorrhaging sometimes life-threatening levels yes
1: and now these are called on the internet self-managed abortions there are even people on the internet saying we don't need doctors at all uh, and 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 so the the medical consequences of this uh, are are very severe for women in other countries which have a socialized medicine and and follow up with every patient who's given the pill uh, have have uh, some very distressing rates of complications, and yet in the U.S. this is being promoted now. Uh, it's an example for me of almost the opposite uh, accusation: the the accusation that women's healthcare will suffer when abortion is limited. Here's an example of the promotion of abortion, the abortion pill, which is actually quite. Damaging to women's uh, health care. And uh, I think it's something we really have to be concerned about for women. Um, now, there is uh, such a thing as the abortion pill reversal protocol. I know you're involved with that mm-hmm. also, Dr. Erko. Uh, we've had a couple programs in our archives on abortion pill reversal that it is possible to reverse uh, an abortion pill abortion uh, if a massive dose of progesterone is prescribed. Uh, after that first pill and it's quite successful um, now it's being called junk science um, however that's not correct of course it is very scientific progesterone has been used to help women in the process of miscarriage to reverse that process since the 1950s so um so we're at a very confusing period i think in in what we hear about women's health care mm-hmm. and i'm just thrilled that we have wonderful uh, ethical physicians like you dr rarko uh who really are speaking up for real true healthcare for women yeah which is based on who god created us to be let's mm-hmm. talk a minute about that um and we've got of course uh Great inspiration from John Paul II and his theology of the body. We've only got a couple minutes left, but let me ask you to speak to that just briefly. Uh, the 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 purpose, uh, the the beauty of our bodies and our sexuality.
0: Absolutely. So I, you know, we're taught in our faith that we are created very uniquely and wonderfully in His image, and as these separate beings of men and women, we're so complementary in so many ways. Um, and this is just the way that we were designed, um, and we're meant to be, um, together in this way. And so, you know, the beauty of, um, of the marital act and the union that it brings in the marriage, as well as the potential for bringing new souls into this world, um, is just a very, uh, sacred, uh, honor to be a part of. And, um, I'm, you know. Hopeful that we can see a shift in our culture and you know, we'll grow our little seed here to just help um, spread the word and renew um, the importance of recognizing the beauty of marriage and a family um, and really um, uniting ourselves with God's plan.
1: Right. And the beauty of the woman's body in our design uh, to be really be a giver of life, mm-hmm. uh, a life giver. Um for our our spouse and our our family and our children and true women's health care supports that of course and uh, and helps women understand that so that's the beauty of your mission Dr. Rirko with FEM in helping women understand that vision and then in your practice and the practice of other great uh, Catholic physicians in in helping us to live out that call that God has provided for us and the beauty of our gift of fertility so thank you so much for being our guest today and if you want to know more about them Uh, femhealth.org, is that correct? F-E-M-M, femhealth.org. And Dr. Lindsay Rarco, thank you again. And so you are listening to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with archives at stgabrielradio.com and streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. Our program is broadcast at four o'clock every Saturday and two o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends.
0: Family Sanctuary is a production of listener supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM 820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com.